I think the best leaders I've had have always led from behind, put the people Mm -hmm. in front of them and be that safety net, if you will, and encourage that safety net to be able to come back to and have that conversation with is really, I think, probably one of the most important skills you could have as a leader and handling a difficult conversation, because when they know they have a safe space that they could talk to, they'll grow as an individual and they'll stick with you. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the B2B Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Nil Savinia, and today my guest is Paul Piazza. Paul, welcome to the show. Thank you. Happy to be here. All right, Paul, you are currently the VP of Customer Success at WebEx Events, but you and I go way back. you got to tell the quick story of how we met, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we go way back. So I met Nils when I was his CSM, or he he was a, leading the team. I was his CSM at Gainsight, and they had just implemented it, trying to work with him to you know work through, get it all set up, and it was crazy times. It was fun. Many well, years. Because we were, that was like, I mean, over 10 years ago. And that was, we were in the first 10 customer group at Gainsight, yeah. I think it was, even before Nick joined. Dan yeah. was the one who, who sold our who sold our deal. And, and it was just, it was just amazing. It was such early times. Now Gainsight is a billion dollar company, you know, acquired by Vista, just incredible run. You were there for many, many years, right? Yeah, I was there for quite a while. You know, I was there even, you know, I used Gainsight even before it was Gainsight, right? It was Jay Barra and, you know, still, still, you know, am involved with the company. I love it. I think, you know, they, they live the dream. Yeah, that's, that's awesome, man. Well, it's been, it's been a blast. We've kept in touch over the years. You've been through some incredible companies. I think you were telling me you've been through four or five that have grown, scaled, exited in some form or fashion. So that's an awesome, awesome tip to your hat. And you've been through a lot of leadership roles, which is going to be great background for a conversation today about how to have and how to handle a difficult conversation. Yeah, it's something that I'm very passionate about, you know, and why why I'm passionate about it, Nils, is, you know, I always look at leadership as being a coach, right? And the analogy I always use to anybody in coaching is a good coach will kick you in the butt when you need it, but they'll also praise you at the right times as well, right? So, and I've had, and I think they're mentors sometimes and sometimes they're not, right? They play a lot of different roles. And I, I attribute a lot of that to my success, right, is I've had some great mentors and some great coaches that have at the right time, kicked me in the butt. And at the other time said, Hey, you know what? You're spot on run with it. Right. And what you do is you build trust. And, you know, I think a lot of that stems from the difficult conversations and how to have them when you, when you need to. Right. It says, and whether it's in, you know, the professional world and someone that's working with you or someone you're working for or in your personal life, right? Sometimes the difficult conversations are some of the most obviously difficult to have, but also the most rewarding or the greatest sources of growth or the biggest realizations. Maybe you were going down the wrong path or maybe you did have a handle a situation not in the best manner. Yeah, you know, I think it's a two-way street too because what I look at, because I mentor people to this day just as my way to give back. And I learn more from them. That that's the piece that I didn't realize as a coach, as a mentor, is I learn more from the people I help that I work with, right? 
than I would that I than I ever thought I would, right? Because you always think, oh yeah, you're gonna get mature, you're gonna have some gray hair on your chin, and then you I'm gonna be like you know, that guy that comes in and knows stuff, and you realize that I don't know anything, and, I'm, and it's a, a learning thing, right? But it it really stems from those difficult conversations because what you do is in that trust. It starts to come back both ways, right? You can hear what they're thinking. They'll have difficult conversations with you back. And you know, or if it doesn't work, you'll hear that. And that's not an easy conversation to hear sometimes as a coach, right? Just, no. hey, I steered you and I tried this and it didn't work. Okay, let's step back and see what didn't work so I can learn from it, right? So it's an interesting paradigm. Well, and it, you bring up a really great point, which I believe 100%, which is that as a coach, having not having the answers is far more valuable than having the answers, right? And yes. and staying in that mindset of, I don't have the answers. The only, if you don't have the answer, the only thing that you can do is be curious and ask a lot of questions. And when you ask a lot of questions, other people will discover answers for themselves. And when they discover answers for themselves, they're going to be 80% more likely to follow through with whatever it was, even if it was the same thing you were going to tell them. Right. And I think that's yeah. one thing that a lot of people get wrong about the coaching world or using the term coach or I'm a coaching somebody is they believe that they're in the position that has been through the experience. So their job as a coach is to tell them what to do. And that's usually exactly the opposite thing you should do. Yeah. And that's hard because, you know, at me personally, I'm a fixer. Right. That is just part of my style. It's like, I want to come in here with my tools and get in there and fix things. And I have to step back off the time. So having the conversations is like, hold on, I can't fix this because I don't know what tool to use. Right. So they're asking those yeah. questions. And I think that's really the root of having a difficult conversation is one, being nurturing and doing that. But, you know, having the ability to listen and then ask questions. And it's hard. Sometimes it's not always as easy, especially as you work with somebody and you build that relationship, right? And and you're you've managing somebody that's working for you and you know them, you work with them, you know, oftentimes more than your spouse, right? Because you're with them eight hours a day and you start to build that rapport, and then you gotta pause and say, Okay, I have to listen here because you know, maybe it's feedback coming at me about something that I've done, right? So that's just as important. Or you're giving feedback and you have to step back and kind of have that situational awareness about them, right? What are they going through? What are they experiencing? And asking, as you said very well, is asking the questions, right? The probe around it to say, okay, I don't need a wrench here. I need a screwdriver to, to, yeah. to use well, a, and, a tool. And the most common challenge that I see, and it, it is not easy by any stretch, and it takes a lot of takes a lot of structure and discipline and practice and coaching in order to get really good at this. I've been a, a certified leadership coach for over a decade, and I still focus on the same fundamental skills that I was taught over a decade ago, because you can always yeah. improve, right? And they center around yeah. listening and asking powerful questions and lots of those things. But the, the core is that you, you as the coach or in the leader in this example, like we're talking about here, you don't have answers, but you have to present information in a way that can be objectively viewed and understood, and then facilitate a conversation to get to the outcome without just showing up and saying, you did this wrong, right? Right. Yeah. And that's really the elephant, the hardest part with the elephant in the room, right? Because you have to bring it up and you have to surface it, but you have to do it in such a way that it's not confrontational, that it is very open and that's something that you both want to have a discussion about. So you have to really, and I find by asking questions around that and really kind of digging through with that, you 
you you have to sorry my phone's going off you have to really dig in and ask the right questions and kind of dig around it right and it's hard it's the best analogy I could give you around it, and I'm a big fan of analogies, it's like a dentist trying to probe a tooth, right? You're trying to find that tooth without hitting that nerve, because once you hit that nerve, he's out of the chair. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> cool. All right. So let's talk about some of the situations that leaders might find themselves in having to have a difficult conversation. What are some of the ones that you know come to mind in your experience where a difficult conversation was warranted? Just general categories of things that leaders should be aware of and should be looking at. Yeah, I see I see it kind of breaking down into like two different categories really. One is very performance related, right? Where you're having somebody that's not performing well. And I usually try to frame that with a framework of success, right? Pointing out some things that you see that's happening to start to ask questions around why, right? Why are these things happening? Because oftentimes it's you know, people want to perform, but it could be it'd be outside circumstances. The other ones are more about personal conflicts, more fundamentals. You know, somebody's maybe rude to somebody on a call, right? Maybe they were a little abrupt or they just didn't handle a situation as well, which isn't really performance. It's just situational awareness, I guess, for lack of a better mm -hmm. term. And those are an interesting conversation because it's more emotional, right? People are more, usually more emotionally tied to why they were that way on a call. So you have to approach it by that, okay? Understanding the emotional piece of it or the emotional intelligence piece of it, because sometimes they may not have that fundamental to be able to deal with that type of situation. And that's more about learning the right tools and learning the right mindset and how to prepare mentally for a call. Because I, you know, even as an executive today, there's meetings I go into where, they call it bear Paul because bear Paul comes into the room and sometimes bear Paul shouldn't be there. Right. It's just, <laughs> it, it, it should be more nurturing instead of being, you know, the, the big old grizzly I could be. Right. Right. And I'm glad you brought up the emotional side because, and I think one of the biggest hesitations of why difficult conversations do not happen as often or as frequent as they should is because of emotional things, right? Whether it's yeah. on the part of the employee or the part of the leader, there can be a lot of fear wrapped around bringing up a topic that is going to be difficult. And I've faced it in my leadership career. I know you have too. Oh, yeah. So, you know, what, what advice would you share with, you know, someone who has observed some behavior that needs to be addressed, but there's a fear and hesitation to kind of keep pushing it off Right, because there's some other fire to address or some other thing, but you know that under the surface, you got to have that conversation. You just don't really want to. What would you say someone who's got something like that on their plate right now? As a procrastinator, I, I definitely have done that many a time. You know, the first thing I try to do is I try to step out of the situation. Oftentimes I go for a walk. Yeah. You know, when I know I have to do it, I just go to walk the level by mindset, right? And I'm a big outdoors guy. So I'll go walk around the park and, you know, speaking of Gainsight, you know, if I ever had to have that situation, we had a beautiful campus. I just go walk around the, the canals there, right? And be outside for a minute to kind of level set my mindset to take a, a non-biased approach, right? A very, I don't want to use the word Zen-like, but a, yeah, balanced approach is, you know, so I can come at it objectively. And that was one of the things I had to learn really early on as a, as a leader was approach things objectively, get yourself out of the mindset of any bias that you have so you can ask the right questions and really get to the root cause, right? That is inevitable goal that you want to is to get to the root cause and hopefully work it out with somebody. And I've had good luck doing that where I, there's only been a few times that I've had to really, you know, 
let go of somebody or address it really hard because usually I can come up with an agreed plan to start to write the ship in a, in a direction or coach them in ways that they can approach it as well. Yeah. Love it. And going for a walk, getting yourself out of the situation is, yeah. is just sage advice. And sometimes in the moment when the emotion is wrapped up in that, it's really hard to stop. Oh, it's, it's really hard it. to break away, especially in our virtual world where it's like you have to physically move away from your computer and your desk and go outside, do something else entirely to detach. And sometimes it can be pretty difficult. Like, let's be you know, But that could be a difficult conversation in its own too, right? Mm -hmm. Because there's been times where I've been on a call and I see something really bad happen. I'm like, hey, listen, I got to walk away for a minute, but we need to have a discussion around this. I'd like you to do the same so we can come back and talk about it, right? That's yeah. a difficult conversation, but you're letting them know that, hey, I'm emotionally tied right now. I saw this and I know you recognized it. So let's step away and come back together. And I think that's, okay. in my mind, that's okay because then it allows two people to come about it and then come back to it. And then when you come back and ask wise, you, you've already kind of set the tone and set the pace for it that, hey, listen, I was emotionally tied. I was part of the blame. And that's usually, you know, when I do that, it's like, hey, I did something as well as a coach. Yeah. Where yeah. I made an error, right? And, I, yeah. and if you start from that standpoint, that's okay, right? I made an error. I learned from it. I, here's what I did wrong. Let's talk about what your opinion is, what you did wrong. And that's a healthy conversation too. Absolutely. Good. Okay. So let's get into the actual meat of it. And okay. So you got either set a time or you've established that you are going to have this difficult conversation. What's the, what's the first step that leader needs to go through in being able to get to the successful outcome that they ultimately want to achieve. I think surfacing up the why, right? There's there always start with the why, whatever you do is really important, right? So why I perceive this as a challenge, whatever it is, right? And what my perception was, and then understand what their perception was and hopefully find middle ground, right? So if it's a performance problem, it's easier because you have metrics and you have a way to look at it performance-wise. If it's an emotional problem, you can talk about the situation and why I felt it wasn't handled or what led me to believe what I believe. Then hear their thoughts on it, right? And what I find, then just ask, like you said very eloquently earlier, right? Ask the questions on what are their thoughts on it? And I found nine times out of 10, they'll agree with you, right? They'll say, hey, <laughs> I see this same thing and here's why I want to do it. Then you kind of have to listen. Is it is are they placating or are they actually owning it? Right. And that's the tougher part of the difficult conversation because that's when you really have to be a coach and say, hey, I think you're kind of avoiding what I saw here. And talk to me more about why you believe it is your way and start having an honest conversation about that piece, right? The, in you know, we have two ears and one mouth for a reason, right? So more listening at that point. That's and yeah, that the the fact that there are two sides is always the hard piece to remember, right? And it's yeah. because listen, as humans, we are wired to focus on ourselves. And when we're emotionally wrapped up in something, the focus becomes even more intense yeah. on us. But the reality is there's a whole other side that we couldn't possibly imagine what is on the other side unless we ask. So we have to ask, we have to be curious. So if you ever have a difficult conversation and you are talking 90% of the time 
that is not a difficult conversation. <laughs> that is something no, else. No, it's not. Right. You know, I find what also works is ask them what, how they handle the situation differently. And I, I take that from a lot of professional sports players, right? You look at the best, yeah. they're reviewing their game tape, right? And they're saying, hey, I could have approached it this way. I could have my batting stance be a little bit different so I could hit the ball better, right? And I find that works really well just out of human nature, people wanting to better themselves. And, and without giving advice, I asked them, you know, what do you think you, how do you think you could have handled that better? Or how do you think that went, right? What do you think that could have been different to have a better outcome of the conversation if you're having more of an emotional one? And surprisingly, you know, how right people are when they go review their own, what I call game tape after a call. And that's one of the beauties of doing things remotely now, right? Because you can go back and look at the video and say, oh yeah, you're right. I was pretty aggressive at the person. They threw me out halfway through the call, right? It's like, okay, <laughs> I don't need to coach you. I did what I needed to do. Right. And right. Then, then the question is, what would you do differently? And that's really where a good coach comes in, right? Yeah. And you can have yeah. that conversation. Yeah. Because it's not about a coach saying, here's what you need to do differently. It's about asking yeah. the question, what would you do differently? And then helping them to discover and, and figure out those things. And there are balances and ways to pre present ideas, which we won't, we won't get into today. But that's the core fundamentals. There's two sides to this story. And you as a leader, in order to successfully facilitate a difficult conversation, have to be able to get both sides. You're going to have your side, of course, but you're going to have to be able to elicit the other side of the story and help them discover what they would do differently or what could change. Okay. Exactly. Cool. So we've okay. So the tee up and the setup is there. Understanding the why, understanding the two sides. What comes next? I think really kind of outlining the game plan moving forward, right? So you know, how, you know, if it's something where they come into a call, is okay. How do you prep for that type of call, or how do you prep for this type of meeting when you know it's going to be a little frictional? And you know, and I, I'm a big believer in healthy friction, right? There, that's what makes people great, right? It's how you learn. And so, you know, having your game plan ahead of time and your and a game plan moving forward, right? So both is what are you going to do as an individual for your game plan? And then set my expectation as a coach. Here's what I want you to see. And hopefully, and what I find most times when those converge, it's really success. And it's when they're not converging, we need to go back and readdress the why again right so that's kind of my my readdress readdressment i guess i'm making up words now but ways to readdress the situation right is will we agree on something is it going to converge for that i believe that's going to lead to a successful outcome yeah and that's really important to me right and and the again back to the two sides right the game plan yeah. is not a Here's your plan. I'm giving this to you because I was in your seat and I know what you did wrong and I'm going to tell you what to do. That is, I mean, that is the knee-jerk reaction of a lot of leaders out there simply for the fact that they probably had that done to them by somebody at some point in time and then learned that, hey, maybe this is the way you have a difficult conversation and just repeat the behavior. But the reality is it doesn't have to be that way. In fact, it shouldn't. Yeah. These are usually not very productive situations. So if the expectations are clear on both sides, right, about the game plan, the employee's game plan, but also the coach's game plan, and there's alignment between those two expectations, then you have a solid game plan coming out of this. Okay, what's next? Yeah, so once you have the game plan, then setting up what I, the measurements along the way, you know, and really what those milestones are of measurement, right? So when you you know, when you prepare for a call, you know, what is your prep plan going to look like? How, when are you going to do it, right? So 
just setting up those milestones that you can. And that means men both mentally and physically preparing, right? So if it is, again, you got to go before a walk because you know you're going to have a call with this person that you do have healthy friction with, go do it, right? So you come from a night mindset. And then, you know, then oftentimes I'll schedule a post, you know, whatever the situation is next time you have that, let's have a post call and see what you can do better. Send me a recording, do whatever, right? So follow through, I think is a very important one that often coaches that miss on, right? So how do you set up the milestones and then follow through and be there and be available for when they ask questions, right? And, and make sure that when they ask questions, it's okay for them to ask questions, even in that's especially hard in the executive busy world we have, right? Because it's like, why is this guy asking me these questions? And you should never take that mindset. You should be, hey, great, you asked the question. Let's talk about why you're struggling with it, right? And have, again, reinforcing that open conversation. I tie that a lot back to, I think the best leaders I've had have always led from behind, right? Put the people mm -hmm. in front of them and be that safety net, if you will, and encourage that safety net to be able to come back to and have that conversation with is really, I think, probably one of the most important skills you could have as a leader in handling a difficult conversation because when they know they have a safe space that they could talk to, they can, they'll grow as an individual and they'll stick with you. I agree. Yeah, that's that's awesome thoughts. And that measurement along the way, I think this is where can be a major sticking point because the the assumption is okay, we agreed on the situation after our discussion. We made a game plan. We're all adults. You said you were going to do it. Why don't you yeah. just do it, right? And yeah. and and the rub is that it's not even if they don't execute it perfectly you still have to hold them accountable. And that, that's a right. big part of the leadership role is accountability. As you're talking through here, the physical, the follow through, whether it's mental or physical, but the, you know, there are a million reasons why people won't execute a plan that they agreed to. And we've all been guilty of this. Like you, me, everybody oh, yeah. in this podcast <laughs> can come up with at least one and probably a hundred things that, that you said you were going to do, but didn't actually do. Because something else came up, a different priority, a different fire, a different whatever it is of the day, and it and it goes out. So a big part of the leader here in these difficult conversations is not just the conversation, but it's the accountability for what yes. the plan was set. And if you if the individual drives the plan and you hold them accountable, everything else will take care of itself. Yeah. And I think there's the plans. So one thing I want to point out there is that in my mind, the plan is never one person specific either as a coach, right? You have to own part of the plan because you, yes. it's a give and take. So I think that's an important thing I want to call out, right? When I have a difficult conversation, we've outlined corrective action. It's a mutual shared plan that you've made agreement to, to make those milestones. And I think that's a really important piece because that's part of the trust of being a coach, right? And making sure that trust is met. And I'll use... The analogy I used earlier where they're reaching out to you for help, right? And you know the call's coming up and, you know, they're like, hey, I'm prepped for the call. Could you take a look at, you know, my thoughts on it? And, okay, yeah, I told you I'd give you 15 minutes. You gave me a day to look it over. I have to meet that commitment. I made that promise to you, right? And that's yep. the, I think that's the hard part as a coach, right? Because you got to balance your number of commitments that you make because you never know when that withdrawal is going to come out of the bank, right? <laughs> and and make sure that you're there for that commitment, right? So that's probably the, on the coach's side, that's the harder part is to making yeah. sure that you have enough room to make sure your commitments can be met and that you are. And then when you do approach them, they're subjective. So if there are pieces that you could say, hey, 
you know, remember we talked about this and you should focus on this. Go and review this one area, come back with some different thoughts and see how they align that. And most of the time they'll get it, you know, or they'll come 90%. And that's the other piece I would say is, you know, I never look for perfection and, you know, I'm not a perfectionist. If somebody can get in the ballpark and allow their flexibility as a, that's part of learning as a human, right? You want them to flex their muscles and go try some different things and, Usually you have really positive outcomes when that happens and they learn from even more. Yeah. And then you learn as a coach. It, and there's no plan that, you know, survives contact with the enemy and the enemy being <laughs> no. your day-to-day -day demands of your job, the reality of the world you operate in and everything goes out the window as soon as you attempt to employ a plan. So being flexible and being able to iterate and also from the leader's side, being flexible and knowing that maybe the plan won't be executed 100% perfectly but you can still hold them accountable to the major things and then hold them accountable to adjusting the plan if they get off track or if they don't feel like they can meet the, the goals and milestones. So it's not just throw your hands up and, you know, they couldn't meet the milestone and then we're done. It's, it's no, let's adapt this. Let's, what do you need to get back on track? How can I support you in that area? And then it's still their responsibility to figure out how to do it, but to engage you in a meaningful and strategic way like you're talking about. Yeah, and that's the beauty of that is you learn from those adjustments that they make, right? You could say, hey, you know, they'll, they'll try something out of the balloon. You're like, I've never seen that done before. I just had a, a teammate do that. One of my managers did that with moving around accounts recently. And she pulled something just out of some new playbook that I'd never seen before and knocked it out of the park, right? It was like, that was a difficult conversation. When you're moving around accounts that are hard, it's hard to have with your team, but she engaged them and it was awesome, right? I learned she taught an old dog a new trick. <laughs> <laughs> and old, and old, the good thing it wasn't the old bear. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> cool, cool. All right. So we've got servicing the why. We've got outlining the game plan. We've got measurements along the way. Three incredibly powerful steps to handle a difficult conversation. Paul, it's been an awesome conversation. Thank you for sharing your insights and expertise no and experience. Uh, it's great to reconnect with you as always. And uh, yeah, I look forward to having another conversation in the future. Yeah, me too. Thanks. 